0: Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today we're going to give a little insight, okay, into how your body functions. And I know it's going to be odd, but we're going to talk about the spleen, liver, and kidney and how these these three organs, which uh, don't get enough attention unless they start malfunctioning, um, but keeping them healthy will keep your blood healthy. Now, we're going to have some censored issues tonight because of the censorship of our government and uh, social media. So all this will be uncensored on Dr. BVIP. We're going to be live on YouTube and Facebook um, so far. (laughs) but. Those, if you can support Dr. BVIP, it's only $2.97 a month, $29 a year, and it is extremely appreciated. And we also have our, this coming Thursday, our Dr. BVIP apprenticeship program, which is really cool. We're going to delve into uh, anatomy, physiology at an understandable doctorate level so you guys can learn how your system works. Also, Extreme Health Academy. Amazing group. You get on there, you still get two weeks for free using the code word Bergman14. So give them a hand. So let's look at this. Okay, when we look at the liver, the liver is a big organ on the right hand side. Now, you've got the esophagus, which is the food tube that comes down. It pierces the diaphragm and it goes right into the stomach. Right next to the stomach, right a little bit below, is the spleen. Now, the spleen is amazing. Okay, its main job is to filter your blood. Now, so blood flows into it. Blood flows out into what's called the portal vein. Now, this is huge because the portal vein is everything. This is where every bit of digestion drains into, and this portal vein drains into the liver. Now, it's also... um, Uh, It affects the number of red blood cells that carry oxygen because red blood cells only last about 120 days. The ones it doesn't like, it sends off to the liver to be reprocessed. Now, um, it breaks down, removes old cells that are old or abnormal. And so it's vital for your immune system. It detects bacteria, viruses, um, helps produce white blood cells. It's amazing. And you might think, well, I know a lot of people have had their spleen removed because on the left side, right um, below the diaphragm, in front of the bottom ribs. So any significant impact on the back on the left can damage it. Uh, Now, also, there's a lot of things that happen when these are removed. I mean, there's blood clots, infections, stroke and heart uh, issues if you've had it removed but we're looking at infections we 're looking at um stomach colon pancreatic issues uh there's a lot of issues when that spleen is removed or damaged. Now, what does the liver do? The liver filters and processes nutrients okay so every th- every time you eat anything and this means you eat a Tylenol or you eat a banana or you eat um some coconut oil fried uh, eggplant, okay, that you homegrown. Okay, I mean, I know, that's what we had the other night. So, think of this. So, anything that you eat, whether it's a medication or food, nutrient, it goes into the intestinal tract, filtered through the wall of the intestinal tract, and it goes into the portal vein or into, actually, the um, liver. So, Not only is this the most important thing that you got, but it literally gets inside of the system. Uh, So uh, now, all this nutrient-rich blood filters into the liver. Now, there's if anything gets backed up or blocked up, uh, there's there's areas around it. It's called the portal-caval system. Um, where the the blood will still drain out of the intestinal tract it just it won 't go through the liver, but that is something that only happens under pathology or trauma because this the liver is like a giant enzyme factory. In order to get the nutrients, in order to build your body, you need fatty acids from the fats, you need usable sugars from the carbohydrates, and you need amino acids from the proteins. And that's what the liver does. It breaks down everything. Now, there's a huge amount of liver toxicities that we're exposed to. I mean, when you're looking at um, the prescription drugs, dental fillings, pesticides, processed foods, synthetic foods, okay, um, predatory fish, okay, farm-raised fish, those are super high in certain diseases. Um, There are certain products that we can't even talk about because they'd be censored, okay, and they start with a V and they're injectable. Uh, So a lot of these things can damage the liver. Now, and this is why the liver is so sensitive, So when you hear hepatitis A, hepatitis B, all of the issues that a liver goes through, it makes sense. Because anything you put in your mouth gets filtered through the liver. The liver breaks the stuff down, and then it dumps that that nutrient-rich blood into what's called the inferior vena cava. And this is the main line to the heart. And then all the blood that that liver drains out of, it goes directly to the heart, then out to the lungs to oxygenate, then back to the heart to flow out to the rest of the body. So there's a really cool system Well, what it does. Now the liver also um, processes and filters blood. So anything, that's spleen. Now that spleen is checking for red blood cells. It passes everything off to the liver through the portal vein. And then this gets broken down into bile So the body can emulsify fats. Now, all the gall, all the the liver does it produces um, uh, it produces cholesterol. It also um, again convert the T4 to T3, the active form of the thyroid. It's a massive enzyme factory. It helps produce well. It produces bile to emulsify fats. And without fats, you can't produce fatty acids. So, when your gallbladder, which whole only job is to store and concentrate bile, when that gallbladder malfunctions, uh, or if you're under chronic stress, gallstones will form. So, the liver is also called the emotion organ. Now, the liver bile, the bile stores in, is stored in the gallbladder, the bile travels through the pancreas into the small intestine. Now, bile is the byproduct of red blood cells. It breaks down and helps the absorption of fats. And we're talking vitamin A, vitamin D, E, K, all of these fat-soluble vitamins. And plus, the liver produces cholesterol, the precursor of um, the, virtually every hormone that you make. Every glucocorticosteroid, glucocorticoid, and sex hormone is made from cholesterol. Now the kidneys, the kidneys are amazing. Again, it's another blood filter. So if you look at the liver, has a blood filter, okay? And this liver is a blood with the nutrient-rich blood that's coming out of the intestinal tract. The kidneys, both the size of your fist, filter six quarts of blood every 20 minutes. And that's a blood filter. The spleen is also a blood filter. But now the kidneys, when they're sensing, um, and, you know, they're filtering blood, when they sense low oxygen, then they, they produce or increase erythropoietin production, which is how the long bones know to increase more red blood cells. And they do this. You know, a lot of athletes will train at high altitudes, So their blood will be super rich in red blood cells. That also means that they're going to um, hold more oxygen and can help with a lot with endurance sports. So everything is, is about the blood. Now, what happens if the blood becomes thick? And that means physical, chemical, or emotional stress. Well, you've got to look at the little functional unit called the nephron. And that is the loop. The loop—it's called the loop of Henley, way down at the bottom. But this nephron is literally where the blood gets filtered out and filtered back in. So if the the blood isn't healthy, it's going to damage the kidneys. Now remember the things that you're exposed to: amalgam fillings, prescription uh, drugs, pesticides, processed foods. All of these things are not foods. They actually get into your system. Now, your body knows, okay, and it's designed for detoxing. And you've got four detoxing pathways. You've got respiration, perspiration, urination, and bowel movements. Now, if, if you have any problem with the blood filters, and that's going to be the spleen, kidney, and liver, uh, lungs are also a good filter, you have to utilize the other filtration systems. So when somebody has kidney or liver damage, what do we do? We get them on infrared saunas to detox the system. We get them on diaphragmatic breathing to get rid of that carbon dioxide. We'll flush their system out with a huge amount of like vegetable juices, green vegetable juices okay, to have soluble fibers to clean their, the area and then increase fibers in the diet and help with bowel movements. So anytime somebody has either a kidney or a lung or a liver or issue, anything like that, we increase the detox pathways that are normal in the body. And we are looking at a at a society that is sick with damage to these three organs. I mean, a kidney failure, you're looking at 100,000 people a year diagnosed with it. Diabetes is the most common cause, which makes sense because diabetes thickens the blood. It means that the kidney, that little functional unit of the nephron where it's supposed to filter the blood down to one cell thick, um, you know, if that blood is clumping together because of physical, chemical, or emotional stress, you're looking at kidney damage. Now, what happens under damage to the kidneys? you're looking that the blood pressure has got to increase because you've got to get six quarts of blood through that that small unit that's the size of your fist. Now, if the blood's thicker, pressure has to increase. So in crazy world, instead of understanding that blood pressure is really an adaptive physiologic response based on on your environment, that, that literally high blood pressure is the end result of either stress or blood that's not efficient. Now, if you're under chronic stress, that blood becomes more viscous, thicker, and that thicker blood can actually damage the nephron, decreasing the surface area in the kidney, elevating blood pressure. So high blood pressure is not a disease by any right. It is really an adaption, an adaptation to either blood that's not efficient or damage to the filtration system. And that's why diabetes is the most common cause of kidney failure, because the blood becomes thick and it damages the kidneys. And type 2 diabetes is the most common cause, and that is 100% correctable, because it's a blood filter issue. So when we look at blood, blood should be separate, healthy, red blood cells. Under stress, the red blood cells start to um, agglutinate or, or, or clump together. They can even long date together because that, that means that they're not holding healthy amounts of oxygen. And then chronically stressed, they look like stacks of coins, and that means that it can't hold oxygen. And we check red blood cells on every patient. And sometimes we'll see absolutely horrible ones. So all of this, you've got three stressors: physical, chemical, and emotional. You've got to have ways to identify, otherwise you're going to have problems with tissue production. And this is literally how every area in your body um, it is it, it's got its own. I don't want to say immune system, but it has its own regulatory system for generating healthy tissues. So if you know that under physical, chemical, emotional stress, the blood thickens up and your blood pressure has to increase. If you go to a crazy doctor that diagnoses you with high blood pressure without looking at the cause or inflammatory bowel disease and not looking at what you're eating or um, you know blood toxicity issues and not looking at spleen function or blood function or kidney function, You've got to look at the overall system. That's, that's why I want you to, to understand what the spleen does, the liver does, and the kidneys do. Because this is literally the, the misdiagnosis. This is the elephant in the room when people are talking about diseases. So when you look at the autonomic nervous system, one part keeps you alive under stress, and that's called the sympathetics. The other part regenerates tissue, and that's the parasympathetics. So the body could be in a stress state or growth or repair state. Now, we need those both. We need both stress and regeneration. If you're in a, in imbalance of where your body is in a stress state, the blood becomes thicker, blood supply to the gut shuts down. Certain blood vessels are going to dilate, like to the arms and legs. That means they're going to open up. And blood vessels are going to constrict to digestion. And this is under any sympathetic dominant state, like a fight-or-flight response. So it could be you're driving home and you got cut off in traffic. Bam, the fight-or-flight system kicks in. Hopefully you drive a couple of blocks and your nervous system starts to acclimate and you get calmed down. Fantastic. But if you're in a chronic state of stress at work or driving or lifestyle, What does that do? It makes the blood not efficient at holding its oxygen, and it's gonna tax the kidneys because the blood becomes more viscous. So think of this, those conditions, and I'm talking high heart rate, blood pressure, blood sugar elevations, LDL cholesterol, all of these are normal adaptations to stress. And these organs get blamed for a lot of stuff when it's never a problem with the organ. It is an adaptation. Now, here's one, Archives of Internal Medicine. Uh, Effects of Psychologic Stress on Serum Lipid Levels, Hemoconcentration, and Blood Viscosity. So what they're saying is, oh my gosh, blood lipid layers, okay, so cholesterol level layers in fat in the blood, go up. um, The blood viscosity, blood becomes thicker, okay, under mental and emotional stress. Wow, that makes sense because physical, chemical, and emotional respond the same way. So if you're watching a scary movie, let's say you're watching you know, Housewives of Atlanta or or New Jersey Housewives, you know, where there's always conflict and always challenges. When you're watching that for a half hour, however long the program is, before you go to bed, you're getting in that emotionally stressed state. Your blood is becoming thicker. If you're driving to a business or driving to a family meeting where you've had a challenge with a family member, your brain is going to be living this emotionally stressed event and that affects the blood. You affect the blood, you affect how your body responds to the environment and that means you can't hold oxygen, a host of other issues. Now, if you think about a third of Americans, now there's about 330 million Americans, so that's over 100 million people are going to develop type 2 diabetes Okay, uh, over the next few years. And that's that's incredible. Now, type 2 diabetes is 100% reversible. If you're not correcting the symptoms, you're correcting the cause. So this may they've got to go not on a plant-based diet, but a 100% vegan diet for the next 60 days. We've got to heal the gut. You've got to deal with the physical, chemical, emotional stress. And you're talking with it a week that the blood blood vessels are, you know, blood sugar levels are going to start to normalize. The blood cells are going to start to separate so they can hold more oxygen. It's amazing. Human beings work fast. But also, we have high fructose corn syrup in our diet. Now, figure, glucose can be used by every cell in your body. That's the job of insulin, is to get glucose out of the bloodstream into the cells. Now, fructose, and this is the number one source of calories in America, the problem is it's genetically modified high fructose corn syrup, which is completely dangerous. Now, fructose can only be metabolized by your liver. So let's just think about this. If you're drinking alcohol, that damages the liver. If you're and taking Tylenol or medications. Those typically damage the liver. But if you're exposed to fructose, now this is you know, also in fruit, um, agave, honey. It's in healthy sources too, but the genetically modified high fructose corn syrup is completely poisonous, and that is the number one source of calories in America today. Now, fructose ends up damaging your liver in the same way alcohol and other toxins do. And that's why, when we're seeing um, fatty liver disease, um, the problem with this fatty liver disease is it can be from large amounts of high-fructose corn syrup. And that's why they call it non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And this is, kids are getting this daily. Now, what kind of problems can be linked to someone having a blood filtration issue with the liver? Well, and this is linked with high fructose and fatty liver disease. Imagine this. It'll raise your blood pressure. It'll increase insulin resistance. It'll raise uric acid levels. It's genotoxic. Actually negatively affects the colon. It promotes metastasis. Holy moly. So the liver, if you have an unhealthy liver by taking, um, say, one sugary drink a day, okay, increases risk of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. I mean, so this is incredibly dangerous. Gout um, raises triglycerides, kidney disease, breast cancer, patriotic cancer. Um, All of these are associated with fatty liver disease. So this is not something to be toyed with. And this is also something a good hunk of our population is getting because of poisonous food. Literally, if you can't read the label, you shouldn't be eating it. Now, non-alcoholic and alcoholic fatty liver disease. Now, since the um, interventions, we can't keep blaming the the, uh, virus, but since the insane governmental interventions, which literally damages uh, our society, this is where we're getting. So how many alcoholics? Um, drank more during the last two years? Well, I'm telling you, 25 to 35% of our general population, and this is before the COVID interventions or the COVID response, um, had fatty liver disease. And non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is occurring in mainly overweight or obese people, but it affects 25% of Americans. And the experts, you know, the ones that are watching the Titanic sink, say that 50% of Americans by 2030 will be, have fatty liver disease. But also, there's another thing, um, endocrine-disrupting chemicals and fatty liver. So if you see plastic water bottles, and I'm talking the ones that are crushable, the, the thick ones, it has bisphenol A or BPA. And this is proven to contribute to fatter liver disease. Now, chemicals that are similar to natural sex hormones, like estrogen, that's what this BPA is. It alters gene expression in the liver and induces reprogramming of epigenomes. So this is incredibly dangerous. And of course, Tylenol, um, nobody actually knows how that works, but they know. It's the leading cause of acute liver failure, Tylenol. I mean, you drop a bottle of that and you can die. I mean, this is extremely popular for um, suicide. And I do not recommend you taking a bottle of Tylenol for suicide. Um, because what if it doesn't work? You're going to have a damaged liver for life. And also, life is a gift. Okay, so take care of yourself. And if you have any challenges, and this is why the liver is also called the emotion organ, find a friend, talk to them, call a support line, call a um, suicide hotline, anything. But know that, that anxiety and stress and depression are going to be linked to the gut, they're linked to the liver, and they're linked to the frontal lobe. So any toxins that you're exposed to when people are exposed to a boatload of toxins, we've got to get that corrected. So um, let's heal the liver. I mean, if you, if you look at this, the fat cells literally become sticky and they blow up excessive amounts of fat inside the liver. 20% of American children have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, 44% of Italian kids, and 74% of Chinese kids because it's the food. If you eat more processed food, you're getting more toxins in the environment. And, I mean, they've got cases of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in kids as young as three, which makes sense because if you see the, um, the, the infant formulas that they're recommending, it's generally genetically modified soy, with genetically modified um, high-fructose corn syrup. So it's sugar and kids like, but it damages their body. So what kind of stuff can you do to heal the liver? When we're talking about healing the liver, we're also talking about healing the blood. Now, we know the four pathways, the respiration, perspiration, um, urination, and fecal movement. But also... Vitamin E is amazing. It reduces fat buildup up in the liver and improves liver functions. Omega-3, fantastically important. You're talking a um, powerful anti-inflammatory, so it helps heal. Ginger, green tea, resveratrol. Now, this prevents cardiovascular damage from high fructose, from that fructose. Bromelain, and this is from pineapples. Uh, CMO, and this is acetyl... Um, Mistralate—it's um, a joint lubricant, anti-inflammatory, chlorella and spirulina, cayenne cream, powerful pain reliever, and vitamin D. It's—it's it's so important when you look at um, Mediterranean diet and exercise. They show more benefit than, than cholesterol-lowering drugs. And think of this: if you're taking a cholesterol-lowering drug, I mean, just just for the heck of it, realize. That these drugs they increase um, uh, increase your risk factor of stroke. Now LDL cholesterol, this is the cholesterol that moron doctors call bad. It's actually there's an inverse relationship. If you have high LDL, you have low lower risk of stroke. Um, if you're taking okay, uh, congestive heart disease or coronary heart disease could be prevented or eliminated by reducing, um, uh, by increasing, increasing cholesterol levels. I know it seems crazy because the, you figure every doctor in the country, they're saying get lower LDL. Um, but this is out of the World Journal of Cardiology. Quote, we conclude that the expectation that coronary heart disease could be prevented or eliminated by reducing cholesterol appears to be unfounded. Um, The Food and Drug Administration, they issued warnings on an increased risk of diabetes and decreased cognition with statin drugs. So these are not benign drugs. When we look at statins, and there's the expert review of clinical pharmacology, they say that statins and those cholesterol-lowering drugs stimulate atherosclerosis and heart failure. I mean, this is insane. Remember, cholesterol is produced for hormone production. There's only one type of cholesterol, and that's cholesterol. There's a couple of different types of protein carriers. One carries cholesterol to the heart or uh, to the liver for, or the adrenals for making hormone production. The other one, the HDL, brings cholesterol back to the liver for storage. 80% of your cholesterol levels are produced by your liver. It's not by diet. So don't think that your cholesterol is going to go up if you're eating cholesterol. But your liver will produce more cholesterol based on physical, chemical, or emotional stress. And when we look at taking a drug to lower the cholesterol, you're looking at lower heart muscle function, according to the clinical cardiology journal, increased placking. Coronary plaques, uh, pedestin Calcium, that's the uh, Journal of the Atherosclerosis, 2012. So these statin drugs are incredibly crazy. Um, I do not recommend that you drug an adaptation of an environmental stressor. I know, I know, that just makes sense. But we're going to change this world so realize that if you have symptoms and i'm talking fatigue weight loss nausea vomiting leg swelling yellow skin jaundice okay look at liver kidney and spleen function because those areas literally keep your body alive and and if you have unhealthy blood and there are certain injectable medical procedures that the government and businesses are forcing on you, and it's interesting because they don't prevent infection or transmission, but they do damage the blood. And we see that, and there are various levels of, of toxicity based on the batch. So we're going to cover a lot of that tonight in our censored portion, but right now, know that healthy blood is, is essential for your health, and you've got kidneys, spleens, and liver all involved in that blood production and blood filtration. Take care of yourself, listen to your body, and don't medicate a stress response. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you.